Thank you for those songs. It's good to think about heaven, isn't it? It gives us a much better perspective on earth, I think, when we think about heaven and we think about God. Well, for those of you who've just come in, welcome. We are studying about Jesus from 1 John. He is the light of the world. And we were uh, finishing a story about uh, Mr. Lutz and his two sons. They were in a cave in Pendleton County, West Virginia. They, They went in on Monday. Their lights went out within, I guess, a few hours of getting in, and they were trapped in there uh, till Friday. Finally, I guess Thursday night, after uh, calling their home, the police called the home in Florida several times, and Wednesday and Thursday, and then they called the caving association, and the uh, caving people uh, in Florida knew this Lutz guy, and they said, oh, yeah, it's him, and he likes tight places, and but they still didn't know which cave he was in. They just knew the cars were there. And so different rescuers converged. And through the night, Thursday, they were searching with their lights. See, cave rescues go on day or night. It makes no difference in there. If you have a light, you can be a cave rescuer. And so the, the rescuers went in all three of the caves looking, didn't find them. More rescuers came. And then on Friday, they found the pack, the, the, the bag. And so they knew... Aha, this is a cave. So some of them went to the surface and uh, concentrated all the rescuers on this cave in the area where this pack was. They expected to have uh, three bodies that they would carry out. As it was, they only carried one body out, little Tim, and he was still alive. He was just too weak to uh, get out. So it was uh, almost unbelievable when... They, the dad and the older boy saw a light coming and they thought maybe they were hallucinating. But they saw a light, they heard, they heard voices, and they answered back. And it was quite an exciting day for them. They got some water, they got some food, they got help to get out. And all three of them lived. And I thought this is really an interesting picture of where we are spiritually. We're lost in a cave of sin. We in ourselves have... Not enough light to get out. We have no light. And God, on the outside of our world, comes in to rescue us. Because we can't get to God. The only way we can be saved and have eternal life is if He would come to us. And He's done that through Jesus. Sending His Son for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But we have a choice, just like these people did. When they saw the light and they heard the voices, they could have refused to answer. They could have refused to follow the light. But they were so glad for life. And so am I spiritually. I'm so glad God shone the light of Calvary, the light of Jesus in my heart. And he continues to shine it. And I need to continue moving toward that light. Because after we're found and saved by God, we're still in a cave at times. I don't know about you, but for me in my Christian life, and I've been a Christian now over 30 years, there's times that I still feel very much in the dark. I feel like I'm on a journey from out of sin into the sunshine of God's love and grace. So don't be discouraged if you started in the Christian life and you feel like things have darkened on you. Just turn to the light of Jesus. Call out to Him. 
and he will help. He's always there to help us, even at those times when it seems he's far away. So God loves us. God loves us. Who, me? Yes, God loves me. It's our sins that separate us from God. It's our sin that causes the darkness. There's only one plan that can save us, and that's the rescue plan of Jesus. Dying on the cross, rising again, ascending to heaven, sending the Holy Spirit, and now he's in heaven praying for us so that we can be successful because God wants me to be saved even more than I myself want to be saved. God's pulling for me, and that's an encouraging word. Now, maybe, maybe there's some people here who've never answered the call. Maybe you've never taken that first step of receiving Christ as your Savior. Uh, we would pray. The, the uh, youth, youth rally planners and the singers and all of us that are Christians here would pray that you would take that step, that you wouldn't wait. Don't stay in the darkness of death any longer, but come to Jesus. There's all kinds of excuses why people wouldn't come to Christ. I've heard this a couple times in my life where a teenager would say, well, God hasn't called me yet. I think that's an excuse because God's call of salvation has, comes out from Calvary to everyone. Whosoever heareth the name of the Lord or whoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God is not willing that any should perish. Um, other people may say, well, I don't really understand it well enough yet. I'm going to study it a little more. And there is a time to study it and count the cost. But don't wait too long. Today is the day of salvation. If we wait till we understand everything about God, none of us would be saved. Because I'm sure even the grandparents and, uh, who are here would testify, there's a lot about God you don't understand, but you by faith respond to him and call on him. Uh, here's another excuse. I've often thought this one. I'm too bad to be saved. It's just not, it just isn't working for me. And there's other people that may feel they're too good to be saved. Well, I'm better than a lot of those Christians, those hypocrites, so I don't need salvation. And then this excuse, later. I'll get saved later, after I'm older. So if you're here and you've never made that step, maybe you have one of these uh, reasons or excuses going through your mind, but I just want to plead with you and encourage you to come to Jesus. Come to the light of salvation. Don't wait another day. And for those of us that are Christians, whatever darkness or struggle or sin we're, we're facing, maybe you have one besetting sin. I have quite a number of things. I noticed there's some sins up here I identified with. I think everything up there that I could read, I wasn't quite able to uh, decipher everything up there, but there's lust, there's pride, there's anger, there's maybe some other things. Uh, envy, oh, from this point of view, I see this green as envy, uh, and I'm not quite sure what's way over on the other side. Is it greed? It's greed. I don't know if any of these relate to any of you, but uh, for me, I can relate to all of those. And at times, these sins can be really besetting. They can be very uh, troubling and binding. And how can I ever get out of this way of thinking and talking and acting? Well, God is able to help. We just need to turn to Jesus, look to him. 
So our first session was uh, Jesus, the great light of the world. I'm so glad for him. And in the second session, we're going to focus a, a bit on Jesus as our advocate, our great lawyer, and that's in 1 John 1, chapter 2. I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. If I get this straight, 1 John 2, 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate, a lawyer, an intercessor, a mediator with the Father, Jesus Christ, the, rightness, the righteous. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. We had this scripture read already in the first section because uh, the verses that follow talk about light and darkness and sin is darkness and walking in the light of Jesus is light and righteousness, keeping his commandments, of which there's two that are really focused in on, on this chapter, uh, in this whole letter. The one commandment is believing on him. The other commandment is uh, loving others. Well, if you have your Bibles, we're going to uh, hear the uh, next set of scriptures read, which is starting... At verse 12, 1 John 2:12, and we'll we'll have a reading from there to the end of the chapter. And thank you for the two volunteers. There was no arm twisting involved, which is very encouraging to me. Uh, two two brothers came forward and uh, volunteered to do this, and so uh, this will be four fellows that have had a special blessing, and there's six more up for grabs. So. Let's uh, look to the scripture now as we, we hear that it read. 1 John 2, starting in verse 12. I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him whom is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whosoever but whomever does the will of God lives forever. 1 John 2, 18 through 29. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son as the Father 
whoever acknowledges the Son as the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we just thank you that you have uh, given your word to us. We thank you for Jesus who bled and died and rose again, that we could have eternal life through him, through believing in his name, through confessing him, through uh, turning from our sins to him. Thank you so much for eternal life that we have in Jesus. We just pray that the uh, words of this, these scriptures would uh, be real and alive in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know what you are looking for in a lawyer. Probably uh, most of you are young enough you haven't had any major legal troubles. But uh, at least in the United States there's many, many lawyers. And in the medical world we doctors uh, aren't real fond of lawyers. Uh, there's kind of ongoing uh, conflict, I guess, that can happen. Although there's lawyers that defend doctors. And those are the lawyers that we like. In fact, in any legal trouble, if you're in traffic court with a major uh, issue and you need a lawyer, you want a lawyer who's going to defend you, right? You want a lawyer who understand the circumstances of what happened. Uh, someone who understands you. Someone who's interested in seeing you succeed in this problem. So... You might ask questions like this. Will this lawyer understand me and my situation? Does this lawyer have any pull with the judge? Does he know the judge? Has he tended to uh, win his cases in the past? And then, big question is, how am I going to pay for this? Because lawyers charge by the minute. So if you have a 10-minute conversation on the phone with them, you will get a bill. It's billed by the minute. Um, how am I going to have resources to pay this lawyer? If you want to get the very best lawyer, you're going to pay some big, big money. And, you know, the big question is, is he going to win this case for me? He or she? Well, this lawyer concept is, I think, in verse 1 of chapter 2. We have, we as believers, we who have come to Christ for forgiveness, for cleansing... We have an advocate, a lawyer, with the Father, and that lawyer is Jesus Christ. And I'm so glad for him, because Jesus not only died and rose again, but he ascended, and he has a present-day ministry for each one of us as our intercessor. He is at the Father's right hand, 
talking about Wesley and about Rollin and about George and about you fill in your name and your problems. And that's good news for us. That's really good news. Because we have problems, don't we? At least I do. I'm not sure if these other people I named have, have uh, problems. I know you do. We all have problems. And we need a good lawyer. We need somebody to put in a kind word for us uh, with God. Because not only do we have God the Heavenly Father who notices where we are, there is Satan. And thankfully he doesn't know nearly everything about us that God does but he knows enough to cause us a lot of trouble and he's our accuser I, I believe he's still doing uh, at God's throne what he did in the Old Testament with Job he goes to God's throne and said have you noticed Leon down there how his wife and his family and um, you know things are going well for him and you know he's, it's really only going well for him because of all the good that's coming his way. Um, so in Job, I'm so glad we have a picture of what really is going on behind the scenes. I think not only for Job, but for us. Because in the book of Revelation, you know, the last book in the Bible, there were Christians rejoicing that the accuser has been cast down. Satan is cast down. And so I, I think since Satan rebelled himself against God, he's been trying to destroy God's plan and God's people. And so he's accusing us. And Jesus is there defending us. And Jesus is much more powerful than Satan and will never lose a case. So that's really good news for us as believers, that Jesus is our advocate. He's our intercessor. He's putting in a good word for us. The scriptures that George and Rollin read to us mentioned I'm writing this this is in verse 13 I'm writing this to you young men because you have overcome the evil one I think referring to Satan and then again in 14 I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one and then he goes on to talk about the antichrist which is a, a spirit uh, of being against Christ and I think at some point there actually will be a literal person who will be the Antichrist there's many small Antichrists that have come this is in verse 18 but there's going to probably be the Antichrist at some point but John was writing to encourage them to look to God and look to Jesus and, and uh, not be afraid to stand up in the face of trial and temptation and to be strong, to be strong spiritually. Job didn't uh, have the advantage we had of reading his book. He was in the midst of really dark times. In one day, he lost how much? All the camels, all the donkeys, all his children. And then even the support of his wife and his health. So we, I don't know what you fear losing most. Some people fear the economy and they may lose their, their money or I don't know if you worry about losing your health or losing your family or your loved ones. Diane and I went to a funeral on Thursday and it's very hard to 
say goodbye to loved ones and we weeped with those who were weeping and thankfully the person who died was a believer and so that gave us great hope even in the middle of our sorrow that we would see her again but in times of loss sometimes we lose sight that God is there and Job was really in a dark time and at one point in chapter 9 verse 33 he said oh if there only were a mediator if there only were someone between me and God because the three friends who weren't probably the greatest friends were telling him Job it's all your fault you've got some sin in your life that you haven't confessed and it's because of that that you're suffering and Job was saying no I'm innocent I, I know I'm innocent God knows I'm innocent and and yet they were listing sins and, and he was human and he probably knew in his heart he wasn't totally innocent. No one's totally innocent except Jesus who was sinless. So he cried out only, oh, if there were somebody to mediate between us, someone to bring us together. This was like a golden nugget from the Old Testament, I think pointing forward to Jesus. Jesus the mediator who's there to bring us to God. Jesus was praying for Peter in Luke 22 when he said, Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan wants to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith doesn't fail. So if you feel your faith is failing, you feel your faith is small, maybe your faith is even gone, uh, Jesus is praying for you. He's praying that your faith will be increased and encouraged. And then when you have turned back, strengthen your brethren. Jesus knew that Satan was going to really work on Peter and Peter would deny him three times and feel like all was lost. But he knew that there was a resurrection coming and the dark night of, of sorrow was going to be changed with the light of the resurrection. And Peter was going to be a flaming light. He went from being a, 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 a fisherman who got his, himself in trouble a lot with the words he said, to a, a blazing light for Jesus with just uh, wonderful sermons that you can read in the book of Acts. They're incredible sermons that drew people to Jesus and strengthened his brethren. So Jesus, our great lawyer, I, ha I picked a few verses that uh, encourage me as I think about Jesus praying for me and helping me and saving me. Hebrews 7.25, Therefore Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. And Romans 8.26 and 27, In the same way the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. In the Gospel of John, John writes, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. I'm sorry, that was, that's in 1 John, isn't it? The letter we're studying. We'll get to that tomorrow, chapter 4. Greater is he that is in you, that's the Holy Spirit is in us, than he that is in the world. Revelation 12, 11, The believers in Jesus triumphed over Satan by the blood of the Lamb 
and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And Hebrews 4.16 Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I'm just so glad that Jesus is there with God talking about me and talking for me and putting in a word for me saying, well, Dan down there, he's struggling in a lot of ways, but I died for him. He's responded to the light of my call and my blood is covering his sin. My Holy Spirit is helping him and uh, he's mine and I'm, I'm going to uh, put in a word for him. And you know, when it comes to paying for a lawyer, I was blessed with the thought thinking that Jesus actually paid the price, didn't he? We don't have the resources to pay for what Jesus did. But he himself, not only is he our lawyer, our intercessor, he actually paid the price for our sins. He has such resources. And we just need, I think, lift up our eyes from our own circumstances and look up to him because he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. That's, that's exciting, isn't it? Do I have any amens? All right. Maybe there's uh, someone who wants to give a testimony of what God's been doing in your life. I, from this vantage point, I see a lot of very attentive faces and you, you and your uh, smiles and your prayers have been so encouraging. But one thing I don't see from here is a clock. And um, those of you that know me well know I don't pay attention very well to time and I tend to be long-winded and monotone. And I saw at least one person sleep this morning. Or maybe they were praying. That's good. Uh, so how are, how are we, Brother Nathan, on time? Well, I think this is pretty much the end of session two. I mean, there's lots more in chapter two we could talk about. Some of it we will talk about, Lord willing, as we talk about the Holy Spirit tomorrow. Uh, the Holy Spirit was in this scripture. Uh, the love of God toward other people. We'll talk some about the, the love of God that we need to have in our hearts toward others. So we're going to pick up some of these themes in the next sessions. But I'll just, I'll just open it up if somebody has something you want to share of what Jesus means to you. See, we over, it's so interesting in Revelation, we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So one way I found to move forward uh, an extra little step in my Christian life is give a word of testimony. It doesn't have to be in church with all these people listening. But wherever we have a chance to say, you know, God's helping me. God has helped me in this area. Um, and our spiritual uh, journey will move forward. We'll move closer to the light through a testimony. So somebody may have a burning testimony. doesn't have to be long, or it could be long. I guess Nathan said we have a lot of time, right? And then maybe, uh, I, do I turn it back to you, Nathan, or Hans? Okay. Any of the older youth in the back have a word of testimony? I've noticed the older youth have kind of sat in the back, so appreciate you younger youth sitting up front here.
Eric, you have a word of testimony. You look like you might. Eric's been a great blessing to me. He comes to our house on Sunday at lunch and often encourages us with his life. Yeah, why don't, why don't you come on up, Eric? And then Ryan, do next, and then uh, pause just a little bit. And after those two, if, if everyone's done for now, then I'll turn it back to you, Nathan. God bless you. You've been a great audience. So, and Ryan, you come on up as well.